Hi everyone and welcome back to a very very special episode of Tumult today. First of all, I hope that all of you are safe and healthy in this very very turbulent time and that all your friends and loved ones are safe. I really hope so and I hope that this episode may actually help you to feel more connected if you're in quarantine, um, if you're going through a hard time. When I assembled this episode, I felt such a strong sense of connection and community and that is because 20 different people from over 19 countries contributed to this episode and all of them have different perspectives but we all unite over this one thing the coronavirus that is impacting all of us in first and foremost a negative way it is so important in times like these where everything is so uncertain to feel that sense of community especially in times where the interconnected global world is is villainized it's important to see that we're all in this together thank you so much to everyone contributing i'm so so grateful and you really really made something incredibly special here and i yeah i can't thank you enough for this and for your time and i'll be talking about my situation at the end of this episode And I will announce some things that are to come on Tumult the next week. For anyone who is particularly interested in a certain country, I made sure that there are timestamps for every city and country. And you can skip to there if you want to listen to, to that particular person's perspective. And without further ado, let's start and let's hear from Mattia from Rome in Italy. Hello everyone. I'm Mattia and I'm a bartender in Rome. As you know, because of this coronavirus, the situation is now kind of sick. I'm 25 years old and it's the first time that in Europe my generation fight against a problem like this. And it's the main reason why this problem is so scary. We just don't know and barely we can understand the gravity of the problem. When the virus took over in China, I wasn't really afraid because there are a lot of technologies and new communication systems to help to handle the problem. Then, the first cases did appear in northern Italy, and the problem became real. The virus is in our country and we don't know how to fight it. As a bartender, I was really worried because of my job I come in contact with a lot of people, usually tourists, and you never know who is in front of you, where he's from, or even if he's in good health or not, because I do think that in Europe the problem was really underrated. Again, we are in 2020, we feel safe and protected. But now, in just two months from the first Italian case, the situation turned upside down. All Europe is in quarantine and all the schools are closed and that are not really good looking. I remember the news about the first case in Italy. It was the 20th January and I understood at the moment that the situation was getting complicated day by day and that was not going to get better soon. Well, our president announced that we'll close all the Italian stores except for a few categories. I was really scared because it means it's a war against something we don't know how to fight. During this event in Italy, the European Union countries were still underwriting the problem and only until the day when more cases came out in every country, they understood what the problem is. It isn't just the virus, it's the economy, the scholar system, and especially the sanitary system that suffer the consequences. Talking about my country, most of the hospitals in the north don't have space anymore for more people and the hospital system is collapsing slowly. They need to send sick people in far hospitals while these people just don't have time for it. 
I do think the now government are understanding the reality of the situation. I know that it's not easy to follow the strict rules they're giving us and it's not easy to accept the situation because it sounds unreal. But the virus is here and we potentially can infect everybody we know and love. I still read news about people who don't care about what is happening just because they think the virus doesn't hit the youngest and I'm really tired to hear about these irresponsible people because every day our governments work hard to try to fix the problem trying to avoid the economic and sanitary collapse and the only thing they ask to us is to stay home to prevent the spreading of this disease and to come back to normality as soon as possible. I know it's not easy, there are a lot of doubts out there. I know a lot of you like me lost their job. I know a lot of you spending these days alone because you haven't been so lucky to have your family with you. But we must stay at home. It's not only for your safe, but it's for your family, for your friends, for the doctors and nurses who are working hard to save our life. Thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you can return to the normal life you are used to as soon as possible. Thank you very much to my podcast. Let me share these things with you. Bye. Hello everyone, my name is Anja, I live in Bavaria, Germany, and I'm currently quarantined like everybody else. The coronavirus is probably the most talked about topic that's currently in the news right now, which is good, you know, to spread awareness and to understand what's going on in general. And when I first heard about COVID-19, it sounded like something, you know, an abstract thing far away from my life. But now it's all of our reality right now. And at first I played it down probably like everybody else and compared it to a, in quotes, normal flu. But soon I realized it's probably worse than I might have thought at first. And also as the news started spreading about the different cases in Italy and the first ones in Germany as well, the situation became a lot more real and permanent than at first. But even, you know, in that moment, I would have never thought what extremes this would take. You know, I still went to work with public transportation. I even met with friends because at that time there were only a few cases. So nobody was concerned about spreading or having the virus. And I also feel like nobody knew where to position themselves in that whole coronavirus scenario. And then step by step, there were more cases And I feel like within one weekend, the whole game changed drastically and the pandemic really started or, you know, maybe better put, we kind of realized what was going on and what had been going on for a while now. So I informed myself, I listened to the experts, I washed my hands as often as possible and I tried to stay away from people. And, you know, soon nobody knew what to talk about except of COVID-19 and the possible consequences or even, you know, horror scenarios. In the news, I always saw how serious the situation was. And I think most of the people developed a fear through that, a fear of the future, because nobody knew what was going on. And then everybody started panicking and hoarding stuff like in those end of the world movies. And I didn't get that at all. And I still don't understand why, because obviously it's not the end of the world. But still, if panic starts rising, you automatically envision yourself in all of those horror scenarios. So for everybody out there who is still panicking, read what the experts have to say. Stay inside and, you know, just inform yourself, because panic is really not helping anyone right now. And of course, if you take a look at all the economical aspects and especially consequences this virus has, it's unbelievable. It's a 
global challenge we have to deal with right now and it's the time to work as a unit at as you know humankind <laughs> to come together and support each other and i feel like our society needs that change of mind right now especially also when it comes to climate change and everything and so i think it's important to talk about it and to see it as a global problem which it is i personally I'm a super social person and I love going out and seeing my friends but at the moment I know that it would be a stupid thing to do therefore it's not hard for me at all to stay inside because everybody is in the same situation as I'm in so nobody's missing out on anything no need for FOMO <laughs> so just stay inside and I think it's important not to over romanticize the whole quarantine thing and the social distancing because we are still talking about a global pandemic that's happening currently and it's still a serious topic but also now is definitely the time to do all of those things you're normally too busy to do like I started reading a lot more I practiced playing the ukulele and the guitar and I started drawing again and it's great to have that time to kind of reconnect with yourself again and I face time with my friends a lot and we actually properly talk and not just chat and do the classical small talk so that's a positive thing a positive outcome out of the whole quarantine that's been going on right now and I also just wanted to say a big thank you to all the cashiers and to all the nurses and doctors that are still out there for us so our life is not completely standing still right now and so guys stay safe be smart don't go outside if you don't have to and also check out the coronavirus memes on instagram if you really want to love at you know relatable things right now so thank you guys for listening and bye so i first heard about the coronavirus when um the news kind of started to come from wuhan in china um i believe it was like early January maybe late December um, and I think like everyone else I, it felt so far away um, I didn't think it would spread as much as it has um, and especially in just like the way it has changed and the way attitudes have changed within like the last week or the last like two weeks like I feel like there's definitely a lot of uncertainty and it's really um, I'd say the word is like unnerving like, because we literally don't know what's going on um, I feel increasingly kind of nervous and apprehensive about like what is to come um, because especially in the UK um, the measures that are in place aren't effective at all. Um, I think other countries like how for example um, Madrid in Spain is on lockdown and um, a lot of other countries have got like pretty much forced lockdowns. I think that is probably the most sensible kind of reaction to helping um, you know, um, stop the spread of the virus. But I feel like, especially in the UK, the response has not been, um, it has not been forceful enough. It has not, you know, really responded to the severity of the issue. Like, for example, the, like, things are still open, like pubs, clubs, bars, restaurants, like, everything's still open. The schools are closing today. Um, but, like, that's, I feel like that was too late. And, you know, I feel like the government is just 
prioritizing you know capitalist ideals and finances over like the health of the entire nation um and i think we need to look at other countries like france and spain and italy and realize that the uk especially london is so at risk um and this can whirlwind out of control if the uk don't don't start doing more. Another thing in the UK that has really frustrated me is the panic buying and how like like literally all the supermarkets, um, from what I know, I'm currently self-isolating, but from what I know, all the supermarkets are pretty much empty. Um, like completely empty, like there's nothing. Um, which is so like it's so unneeded because for example in other countries like there isn't this kind of selfish pa- panic buying. Um but also I understand why it's happening because the government have not released clear um, coherent information um the kind of official advice is just um social distancing and self growing and self isolating but that's um kind of hard to do if everything's still open that like people are not going to heed that advice um so that's another thing that i think is quite stressful in regards to the uk situation i think on a positive note it's nice to see people coming together and people you know really helping each other out and i feel like a lot a bit more of a sense of community now that this is happening and also it's like it's really shocked a lot of people and made us realise like the luxuries that we have in everyday life. And I know after this, hopefully, I just pray that it will, you know, ease up soon and that in like a few months, everything will be like okay again. But I think after, you know, this is hopefully all blown over, like we'll appreciate little things a lot more like, you know, having a coffee with a friend or going to the cinema or, you know, just being able to like take a big deep, breath of fresh air um i think hopefully after this is over people i mean i don't know if they will but hopefully people's attitudes um will change a little bit and we can learn some lessons from this because i think there's a lot to be learned from the situation at the moment hi i'm francesca and i'm from italy but uh, uh, i decided to stay in madrid for this quarantine because um this is my year uh, abroad, this is my experience and uh, I really fell in love with Madrid and uh, with the life in Spain, the people and so I decided to finish my experience like this in a positive or negative way um, and uh, I don't want to come back to Italy because uh, first of all, I think it's uh, really dangerous to uh, travel right now because uh, you can you can take the virus uh, uh, more easily compared to stay at home. And uh, because I know that my parents uh, and my family uh, are fine, um, so uh, I want to stay here in Madrid. And a positive thing about this, um, this situation is that uh, I, um, I check out with my, um, with my roommate uh, because uh, um, before we never talked so much, but now we have started to meet uh, each other, to meet each other. So, um, so <laughs> we're um, we start to getting friends and to getting more close. Uh, about the situation, I think that it's really a dangerous thing, but um, not everybody um, is understanding this uh, problem. And I think that everyone should stay at home and um, follow the rules, because if we follow the rules, I think that everything is going going, uh, um, to finish (laughs) uh, 
I hope uh, very soon, but I don't know. Hi everyone from Lviv, Ukraine. So to begin with, my friends and I were actually traveling when it all has started in China. Um, back then, the news was slowly reaching Ukrainian audience and I do not remember us being too concerned about the virus because it just seemed so far away. Um, I remember though us laughing at the memes like Do you know what goes well with coronavirus? Lyme disease. <laughs> Which I find funny now too. However, clearly my comprehension of the situation has changed a lot seeing how it evolved and how many people and countries are impacted now. For a while, some of my friends were quite skeptical, saying that it's an over-exaggeration and unjustified mass panic. Some others suspected the possible severity, though. For a relatively long time, I do not remember how many days, we had only one confirmed case of COVID-19 in Ukraine, and at the moment, as of March 22nd, there are 47 of them, which does not seem a lot if to compare, does it? That's the official number, but I believe that you could multiply it by literally hundreds in order to estimate the real situation. We were lacking the tests, our medical system is overall quite poor and not prepared, people are not educated enough on the topic and not self-aware, not to mention the current government, which on top of all this makes some super shady political decisions and agreements. Nevertheless, the medical staff acts brave, and despite the fact that they're understaffed, they do not have the equipment they need, they're not protected as much as they need to, they do everything they can to save our lives, and me and all of us in Ukraine here are very grateful for this, of course. We need to face the situation anyway and make an impact on what we can actually impact. Well, talking about the measures that were initiated in order to stop the spread of the virus, I think that they're quite common and similar to what other countries did. So as of March 12th, Ukraine is on three weeks quarantine and I read just today that the military will be guarding the streets as well. So that's quite new. Under the quarantine, I'm working from home. So from Monday to Friday, I have this co-working with my sister because we are quarantining together and, and more just regular office hours. It sounds like great that we have such a possibility and can keep our normal income because I'm aware that not everyone is as lucky during these times. Apart from working and sleeping, we try to entertain ourselves as much as possible, <laughs> meaning uh, cooking our food, brewing our coffee, reading some books, watching some movies, trying to do some sport and yoga at home, and of course, uh, sending funny memes <laughs> to other friends of ours. We just try to stay positive and hope for the better, I guess. And also, I would like to mention that there is a lot of good going on in Ukraine right now, actually. Uh, for example, fashion designers 
so medical masks and costumes for free, taxi services offer free rides for medical workers, restaurants offer free food for elderly people, there are crowdfundings going on, some landlords allow small businesses not to pay their rent during the time they can't fully operate. And that's just to mention a few. Many people do understand that we're all in this together. I feel like the world won't be the same when the pandemic is over. We will appreciate small and simple things. We will be able to better differentiate the important from not that important. We will also appreciate each other much more, I believe. And for now, please wash your hands and stay at home. Doing so little, we contribute so much. Thank you a lot for letting me be a part of this podcast. Love from Lviv. My name is Emily. Uh, I am currently living in Madrid, Spain right now. I am from California. And I am working in Madrid as an English teacher at a private school here. I thought I'd just uh, talk about my experience. Uh, what it's been like, especially since Madrid has kind of rose to the top um, with the number of deaths and the number of people that have been affected here. So I just thought I'd talk about my experience just while being so far away from home at the same time, what it's been like. Um, but the moment that kind of kind of hit really hard was uh, when the community of Madrid sent out the news that um, that schools would be shutting down for two weeks. And something like this has never happened before, um, just in Madrid. So once that piece of news kind of came out, then people started to freak out. Then when the president uh, declared a state of emergency, That's when I started getting concerned because that would mean that we'd have to essentially be quarantined. We couldn't really be outside. The Madrileños love their social hour, being outside, spending time with family, spending time with friends. So it was kind of disheartening, you know, to just look outside and it was basically kind of like a ghost town. So, um, yeah, and then... After the president declared a state of emergency, we weren't allowed to be outside except for going to the grocery store or going to the pharmacy or, um, oddly, if you needed a haircut, like haircut places were open. So that was something that was very interesting. There's a lot of funny memes out on the internet with that. So like groceries, medicine, and a haircut. That's like the only reason why you should be out on the streets. Basically, after that, the president again came on the news and said that there would be fines between like 600 to 1,200 euros if you were caught, um, not outside for any of those reasons. So starting then, that's when we started having the police kind of patrolling everywhere. Police cars would be going down our streets at all times. There would be officers just walking around and all in the main plazas and the parks. So that's when they really started cracking down on um, the quarantine and people, you know, kind of were seeing how serious the situation was and how scary it was. Um, but I will say it's now what? I think it's day... Uh, like day nine maybe that we've been in quarantine you know in the beginning I will say it was very difficult to be in quarantine 
uh, especially because I'm someone that just loves to be outside. I love just doing outdoor activities. But then I kind of started to create a routine, which was good, just so I would have things, you know, to look forward to and just creating a routine where I would get to do things that I normally maybe maybe don't have in my free time. So I've been reading a lot, which is good. That's kind of been uh, my goal throughout this whole quarantine thing. Uh, I've also been doing like a lot of yoga every day, you know, doing both productive things and non-productive things. I've been trying to cook like Spanish dishes now, which has been a fun adventure and trying new baking activities. Uh, my flatmates, luckily I have five of them that are still here with me. Three of them did go back to their home countries, but I do at least have five flatmates here to keep me company and just do stupid things with. So, um, But yeah, they've been yelling at me to stop baking because I'm making them fat. <laughs> um, we've been learning TikTok dances and I've been journaling and Skyping my friends in the U.S. because they're, they were still in a whole different time period as me where they could still be outside and things were all open um lots of netflix of course so yeah i would i would say though overall that this experience this thing that we're going through in this world um there has been like a positive side to it because you know i feel like a lot of times people tend to focus on this whole negative sickness that's affecting everyone and people overreacting and things like that but um I think overall I've learned to just be more mindful of my everyday thoughts and it's nice to kind of, you know, breathe, slow down and really take in this opportunity of living abroad um, and being surrounded by friends at least, like I at least have company which is nice but especially just being so far away from home I feel like I haven't had time to kind of just sit and think so it's nice or just you know normally I would rush through things like cooking or journaling or even just talking on the phone with my parents who would you know I would just do everything just to get it done with but I think I've realized that and now it's nice to just have the time to really you know be self-aware be present in the moment and by being like this I feel like I've been able to kind of think more creatively and think of different ways I can, you know, make the day more fun, find different ways to entertain myself and my friends and, um, you know, creating new goals for the future, that kind of thing. And uh, I think one of my favorite things is every night in Madrid, what they've been doing this week actually is that around 8 p.m., um, all the people that are living in Madrid come out on their balconies and basically we all clap we just clap and we cheer people are playing music to kind of honor all of the uh, medical workers and for all of their hard work and it's it's really powerful to do it and to kind of be in the moment of something where you're and you feel like you're just a part of this community where it's like, yeah, we're all in the same boat, but at least we're all in it together and we're all going to try and stay positive about it. So it gives you a really nice sense of appreciation. Um, and overall, I think I've learned to just just have faith. Like you can't control everything that's happening in the world. And I think this is kind of showing us that because I feel like we as humans do 
like to be in control and we don't like it when things are out of our own control so it's more just focusing on having you know faith and just the medical teams around the world um, and other people and even ourselves that yes we will make it through this and we'll come out stronger uh, together hello my name is AJ and I want to tell you about how the situation with coronavirus is in Colombia I live in Bogota that's the capital of um, Colombia and also the city with the most people on really the city is really big but there's still a lot of people on yeah in small spaces packed together so on the 6th of March we had the first case and it's also no surprise that that was in Bogota yeah however the government like it didn't spread as fast as it did in Europe however the government took really a lot of prevention measures and that is because if it would break out like it did in Europe, we would have a big problem here in Colombia because there's just not so much capacity in the country to treat everyone and the entire health system would crash. So that's why we're taking a lot of prevention measures. And that's why Colombia is handling things surprisingly good and I think it's doing it better than Europe. So on the 9th of March, just a few days later, we already had nine cases and schools and universities already closed. They closed down with only nine cases. And that was also the time when me and all of the people I know already went into home office working. So. They're really preventing that people are going out. So on the 15th of March, they started closing the borders to Venezuela. So people from there couldn't enter the country anymore. And one day later, that was Monday the 16th of March, the airports partly shut down. So that means that flights and planes from Europe and from Asia are not allowed to come back to Colombia. So Basically, there are still planes coming, but people that are not Colombian residents, they will be sent home. So people that are from Colombia can come back home, but they do have to go into a 14 days quarantine and they're gonna be monitored. So people that came before that, also when there was a risk on Corona, they were already monitored and they went into obligatory 14 days quarantine. So there was a case that a guy from Spain broke that and he went out anyways because he came for holidays and he was staying in a hostel. The hostel told that the government and that person was sent back and is not allowed to enter Colombia anymore for seven years. So now we are, we are on the verge of starting a test quarantine. So, but that is not all Colombia, that is now for Bogota. So from the 20th of March, we are into lockdown until the 23rd of March and we're not allowed to leave the house. So a lot of people did their groceries and before that you could still find everything in the supermarkets really normal. But yesterday, um, most of the cheap supermarkets, they were already empty. There was not really much to buy anymore. But like more big supermarkets that are more expensive still had everything. 
they still had toilet paper, pasta, rice, everything you can ask for, yeah? Uh, the only catch is that they're quite expensive, so a lot of people in Colombia can't really afford that supermarket, so they kind of need the cheaper ones, that's also why it was sold out earlier. So, the only problem we have in Colombia is, as I already mentioned, the health system that would collapse. Um, and especially it's going to get hard because we have a lot of homeless people here. We have a lot of people that need to go to work because the country is just, it's still a third world country. So we don't have the means and the funds to still, the government doesn't have the funds to give people money for still paying rent or whatever, like it is the case in Europe, for example. So that's the problem. Also. I might, I have the feeling that the quarantine is going to be longer here because we do have a lot of homeless people and we have a lot of people who would still go out because they have to. Even though we have a lot of prevention measures, I think it's still going to be hard to contain the virus. And also we just, right now we only have a hundred cases, so that's not a lot. So until it gets worse and I think it will get worse because that's something, even with the prevention measures, it's going to get hard to prevent. Um, we will have to stay in lockdown and in quarantine longer than other countries maybe. So when other countries in Europe might start to recover, we might still be in quarantine. So yeah, that's a little bit of a problem or a little bit of a fear of mine. But people here are very motivated and they have a lot of faith. and. People here, I think, take it more serious because we have learned from what happened in Italy or in Europe in general. And people here know that the country can't afford a crisis like this. So yeah, we have to see, but that's basically the situation in Colombia. So this is um, Chris from New Zealand. Um, currently, with the coronavirus, I believe we have about 52 confirmed cases. Um, zero deaths so far, so that's that's really good. Um, we, the government here, pretty quickly locked down the um, locked down the borders as soon as there was any kind of reports. So it's pretty it's pretty chill so far. It's pretty chill. Everyone's kind of. Um, just stocking up and staying at home. Um, some businesses are still open, like the my my workplace is still open and serving customers. But I don't know how long that's going to go on for. Realistically, um, a lot of um, all of the at-risk people, so any elderly people, anyone that's already already got um, any kind of respiratory illnesses have been advised to stay at home and uh, make sure they're self-isolating um, and I imagine in the upcoming weeks it'll just be everyone advised to stay at home but as I said there's zero deaths so far in New Zealand um, I believe the country in a whole is running quite low on supplies so running low on hand sanitizer, gloves, masks, those kinds of things. And I don't know yet um, how we're gonna deal with that, but time will tell. It's very, it's very new here. And 
everyone's still pretty optimistic about the outcome. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think now's just, you know, now's a good time to just check up on people, check up on your loved ones and make sure everyone's doing okay. And especially if people are in isolation, just giving them a call and making sure they're not too lonely. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be an interesting time ahead. And we're just lucky over here that we are very isolated as a, as a country already. And they were very fast to lock down the borders and, um, and make sure all New Zealanders are safe. Yeah. Hi, my name is Lin. I am a student at Harlem, Netherlands. However, I am staying at Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam at the moment. Like other countries around the world, we are also being affected by the coronavirus. However, the people here are already aware of this virus since early January because it was the peak time in China and we are their neighbors so we kind of know what is happening. Until we had the first two cases in the end of January, the whole country was under emergency but the government is doing really well in dealing with the situation. They react really fast when there were just few cases. They gave us instructions like wearing your mask in public places, always wash your hands, never touch your face, your eyes, your nose, your lips, and avoid gathering. In all media channels, especially Facebook, the most used platform for Vietnamese people, so the government made us feel so safe and protect so we follow the rules and they quarantine the suspicious cases but they always provide high quality food and supplies so it encourage people to inform about their health problem there were only 16 cases until march when there were a lot of irresponsible people coming back from other countries but did not inform the government about the travel and health situation properly. So recently, we witnessed an increase in the number of cases, tonight two cases. I think it will increase as well in the future since there are a lot of people coming back to Vietnam, seeing how fast the virus is spreading worldwide. Coming back to the home country is always the best option, but I also believe that my government can control the, situ the situation effectively, like how it was doing since January. So, I honestly think this could bring some good factor to the earth when in January, Italy, two of the red zones of this flu, the pollution is decreasing, and maybe while being locked down, you can spend more time with your family. So at the moment, I can still go to my internship placement. And some company uh, allow its employees to work from home. But all the schools already closed since January. So no school at the moment. Only people going for work. But a lot of them work from home. And always listens to the government instructions and follow the rules and 
being responsible for your health and your community health is how the Vietnamese people are dealing with this coronavirus. Hi, I am Paula and I live in Lima, the capital of Peru. Since last Sunday we're in quarantine and at the moment there are 263 infected and 4 dead. The president declared quarantine until 29 March, that means two weeks, but I think it will last longer. The only reason we can go out is to buy food in supermarkets, go to the bank or drugstore. And even though quarantine means staying at home, some people took this situation as an opportunity to spend time with friends, travel or party. That's why a curfew was also declared. It begins at 8 p.m. and ends at 5 a.m. Also, there are not internationals or national flights at the moment. And the first case in Peru was a Peruvian pilot who came from the from Europe and started feeling bad. Luckily, he is already cured. My family and I are doing okay and staying home. In my district called San Borja, there are four infected. Something very difficult about this situation is the fact that a lot of people work and receive money day by day here in Peru. That means they live from the money that they make every single day and now they are obligated to stay at home. But not everything is bad. Every night at 8, everyone applaud as a way of saying thank you to all the workers in hospitals that are doing everything to fight this virus. I just wanted to uh, tell you a little bit about what's going on with the coronavirus in the U.S. Um, I moved back here from Spain, um, I guess, four weeks ago. Um, and about a week and a half ago, things really started to pick up here with the virus. Um, I was very grateful that I left Spain when I did. It wasn't because of the virus, but um, it just happened to work out that I left before it got bad there. Um, but right now, um, things are kind of crazy. A few days ago, I think two days ago, the um, governor of California enacted like a kind of mandatory stay at home um, policy for um, all residents of California. It's, there's no one enacting it. There's not like police in the street like in Madrid or anything like that. But um, we're supposed to stay at home. Um, I I guess we're allowed to go for walks and bike rides and runs um, because, you know, we're not like, it's not like super condensed where I live, but um, it's pretty like, I don't think that should really be happening. Um, I went out for a walk today and it just seemed like too many people were out. Um, I went walking on like this beach path and there were people riding bikes and running, which is great. Um, but like, I also saw large groups of people hanging out in like, kind of like gathering settings or like playing beach volleyball. And, um, that's definitely like cross contaminating, um, people. So I, I was a little concerned when I saw some of those things. Um, right now I am waiting to start a job as a nurse at a children's hospital. Um, I start in about a month, um, so this could affect my start date of the job if, um, like, if the 
virus breaks out to a point where the hospital has to go to extreme measures to handle the capacity, um, then they wouldn't be able to like bring on the new graduates to train um, as new nurses. So we will see what happens with that. But I guess um, from what I've heard from the hospital, they're preparing for kind of like a disaster mode type situation. So they're setting up like a control center and preparing for just like a large influx of people to come in. So things are speeding up. Um, it's definitely like how you see on social media with the grocery stores, like people are crazy buying all the toilet paper. There are lines to get into the grocery stores. Um, and like everything's off the shelves. Um, I think people just kind of panic, but, um, you know, one good thing I did see was that like the grocery stores opened, um, an hour earlier at 7am for people 60 and older so that they could go at a less crowded time with, um, like fewer people that might be infected, um, because they are the vulnerable population 60 and above. So that was something cool that I saw that they were doing. And I think, um, Another nice thing I've noticed is just like uh, people working from home like or people's work slowing down in general like it's just forcing the world to kind of slow down and like take time to be with family or like you know to really reach out and connect um, with people around them and you know try to take care so I think that's a good thing but hopefully this blows over quickly um, but yeah for now I don't know we're just kind of waiting to see we're hoping it doesn't blow up like it did in Italy or France or Spain here so just kind of waiting and hoping for the best okay thanks bye my name is Ara Damgard and I will just update you all on the situation here in Denmark or Copenhagen to be precise now in all honesty it has been a very very quick uh, development up here we uh, didn't really do much about the existence of the coronavirus until a week and a half ago where all of a sudden there was a press release a few days after we had learned that a single person in Denmark had contracted the coronavirus. <laughs> Only a few days after this uh, there was a press release um, where our Prime Minister Mette Frederiksen initiated uh, what became the lockdown that we have uh, now. And by lockdown, I mean that there is uh, uh, strong recommendations not to go outside and not to engage with others physically, directly, um, only to go to shops. Um, everything is closed except basically shops and pharmacies, um, takeout, in terms of food is still an option i believe but it has it has happened it has happened very quickly one of the big concerns we've had here and um mind you all of this is very very uh one could almost say privileged we are not italy and we are not germany we do not have uh enormous case of emergency. We are trying to avoid that, but we're not in totally in the clear either. So there's a bit, it's a bit on both sides, right? Anyhow, 
one of the big concerns we've had has been uh, financial, which of course applies to the places that have it worse or even better than us. This still applies. The market is in uh, quite a dire situation. Our government has released the biggest uh, benefits, uh, financial support package to businesses and employees in all of its history. And this, has, this is considered to be the biggest case of emergency that's been called nationwide since World War II. So it is definitely something that's been treated like a big deal for us. And uh, I, I think that there is a legitimate reason to do so. But that means that for someone in my position experiencing this thing, uh, this this, uh, this virus and our social and uh, our social state, uh, there's a bit of there's a bit of good and bad. So on the bad side, of course, it's what we all feel. Um, people are getting sick, people are dying, and we have to take uh, very very serious precautions to avoid a spread that could very easily be significantly worse and could and could turn this thing into uh, an even bigger pandemic. On the other hand, it's putting a pause button on our lives, and it's a time of reflection and a time of evaluating our connections and ourselves. And that has been really healthy for me. I don't live alone. I live with a couple of other people, and the amount of things that we have uh, accomplished and discussed in this time that we've had, because time has been the gift, uh, has been astounding. We've cleaned, we have uh, spent time together, we have uh, laughed and learned and lived, honestly. And this opportunity for life, for those who are fortunate enough to have it as undisturbed from the virus as we have been so far should appreciate that and should be very thankful for being able to have this. And to anyone who is uh, in Denmark or even just in an, in an okay spot right now, financially, health-wise, socially, we should definitely do what we can to help those around us because not everyone is as lucky. Uh, but the good thing about that is that we have that opportunity and that there is this space to develop ourselves and to rethink about our lives. And since this affects everyone, we can all do that together. And we can all think about how to make things better. This virus has given us a pause button, and we should take advantage of that break, and we should see how we can make the world better. And I think learning about basic hygiene would just be the start. There's so much about our societal infrastructure and so much about our world in general that we can improve now that we have the time to think about it. Um, that's what I'll say, and I'll go and eat lunch and spend more time with the people n near me and live in that. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast and bless all of you
take care, and I hope to hear your thoughts as well. So take care. Have a good day. Thank you. I'm, I'm currently living in Moscow, so it's like five, 15 million people. The population is that like 15 million people. And I think there's a lot more infected people around, but the official is like 200. And of course, as usual, there are two types of people, like the first one who are really like scared of everything and wearing masks and sitting home like 24 seven. And the second type who are like, okay, I don't really give a fuck about that. So I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And actually there are a lot of companies that allowed it like to work from home. Uh, so yeah, I'm working for the Dutch company and for me, it's nothing special. I mean, I, before this situation, I was allowed to work from home whenever I want. So for me, it's like something common. And um, we have a really bad political situation right now in Russia. So people are mostly thinking about um, these things more than the virus itself. So basically we have kind of kind of constitutional revolution, I would say. So that's why and their mm, economical drop down. So that's why people are mostly scared of losing their uh, their savings more than being infected by coronavirus is the priorities and because the number of infected is not that high um, we don't really we are not really concerned that much about it but they might close the public transport and the city itself and they're asking to stay at home of course um, but because they're afraid that people's gonna strike about their uh, constitutional this constitutional uh, changes so yeah we have a lot worse things that coronavirus I guess right now <laughs> but yeah I think it doesn't affect my life that much right now. I mean, I believe that it's all about the immune system. So if you eat healthy and if you restrict the communication with people in like public transport or wherever, it's not gonna hit me, hopefully. And it's okay about my friends and uh, my colleagues and my family as well. So, yeah, it's just, I don't like reading news anymore because there are two topics, like either Putin and the government or coronavirus. And neither of them is, doesn't look that great, honestly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that it's the perfect timing for everybody to stay calm and to um, concentrate on themselves. I think it's the best time to do some meditation or to listen to some music or not to be in a rush and um, stay some, and stay with their family and spend some time with the families. Unfortunately, I'm living alone. 
so I don't have family to stay with, but I don't give up. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Hello there, uh, this is Walid from Saudi Arabia. I'm really honored to be here on this great pod uh, podcast to share, to give and to know more. Well, as we all know, uh, coronavirus is spreading around the world and this is uh, our time as individual and people with sense of humor to stand up with uh, our government and its healthcare affiliates to stop this virus. Now I'm going to talk about how things are going in Saudi Arabia regarding this virus. It firstly started in the news. First, we heard about the virus in China. Hope it's going well there. I'd like to mention that I'm not uh, an expert, uh, a doctor or uh, an official representative of any health uh, institution. I'm only here to deliver my own experience here in Saudi. Uh, it all started here when Saudi government closed mosques and uh, educational institutions to ensure the safety for both citizens and uh, residents. Uh, the both international and domestic flights were cancelled and compensated for the people who lost uh, tickets or flights. Uh, to be honest, uh, we thought that the virus is not that dangerous as uh, citizens. Uh, until uh, our government uh, officially announced it and the Ministry of Health warned the citizens and the residents by SMS, email, social media. And the Ministry of Health co uh, cooperated with the government and uh, spread, uh, spread the free sanitizers written on it for sale, not for uh, for free, not for sale. Uh, on every traffic light and uh, around the public places and streets. And the Ministry of Commerce warned also the businessmen and the nutrition companies to not raise the prices of anything to take profit from this uh, crisis. And this is, in my opinion, uh, is a great aspect to keep uh, the market safe for the people uh, and for the uh, affordability of food uh, and related products. Government sectors and private sectors are ordered to work from home for, uh, for 14 days. That's a big move for advanced companies to show their opportunity to manage risks and to be ready for uh, operating businesses online. Life here in Saudi is organized, as I can see. People are aware of the virus. Ministries are doing their uh, specific job to explain and deliver how staying in home is the biggest help that you can give and deliver for your uh, society. And I see that people are acting real and that's a very positive uh, part that I can uh, give or uh, share with you guys thank you for your time hope that i delivered a good uh, points for the listeners thank you i'm sending this voice message from belgium uh, so i'm carla i'm 21 years old and yeah i live here so right now in belgium things are really serious and really really tense um People are really freaked out and stressed out, but it really didn't start like that. Um, I did realize that it was quite important and it was something really, really serious. But at that moment, like China is literally the other side of the world. So I was like, well, um, 
if Europe is smart, um, they will be able to keep it out of Europe, like test people that come back, uh, because you can't come back like by car from China, for example. So I mean, <laughs> that's too far. Um, you could, but um, so it was like, yeah, if they keep control in the airports and they really measure temperatures and they make sure that everybody that comes into Europe or into Belgium uh, isn't positive, then we should be okay. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, when something happens that far from your home, and I'm not the only one, I think you are affected by it, like you realize it, but it's like. It's China, it's really far from here. Um, here in Belgium, we have great health, we have great health insurance, we have great support system. In Europe, the economy is doing really well, actually. So I was like, we should be okay. That won't happen here. Um, in China, they're, they're with a lot of people, they're with way more than, than here. Like, I was kind of calming myself like that. And just thinking from, like, in Belgium, we have a saying, like, it's far from my bed, like, it's not gonna happen here, it's, it, it was unthinkable to say it like that, um, but then, beginning of February, the Belgian government decided to go get, um, people, Belgian people who were living in Wuhan, so the city, the province where everything started, uh, in China, so they decided to repatriate them, to, bring them in safety in Belgium um, with their family and the rest of their families here. And one of the people that they took back um, was affected by the virus. So he was quarantined and like in Belgium, everybody was not obsessed by it, but everybody was like, oh, it's in the country. And everybody was kind of freaking out. And then the Belgian government decided to ask everybody who lives in China, Belgian, Belgian people who live in China, to come back. But at the time, actually, the media and the government didn't do a great job. Um, they spread wrong information um, in the hope of doing well or doing good, but they didn't. Um, they said that it was just another form of having a flu that it was not dangerous, that it was treated where that that like you could not treat it like you just have to stick it out, like just have to rest, wait until it passes. But uh, we have a number of cases, and then we actually know that there are a lot more cases because people are just not being tested anymore. So in Belgium now we have two thousand and two hundred fifty-seven cases. Um, they close your company. So yeah, it was a really big thing and yeah, a lot of people were stressing out because they were going to give a list of companies that had to close, that had no choice but to close and then other uh, companies who, if they were able to work from home, they could stay open. So a lot of people were really stressed out. That was on Tuesday here. Um, but yeah, no, actually it's really weird. We can only go out to do some sport activities so we can still go for a run uh we can walk but only with one person uh who you live with so your fa someone from your family close family uh we cannot go to our grandparents anymore we are unable to do all of that 
Um, everybody is working from home pretty much. Um, but of course, supermarkets are staying open. Uh, pharmacies are staying open. And then, of course, great, great, great support for the medical field who is like keeping this country going, I have to say, because if they were not there, actually, I have literally no idea how we would survive this crisis. Um, but yeah, I am pretty sure um, right now everything is closed until the 3rd of April, but I'm pretty sure it will be way longer than that. Um, I don't think it will be possible to fix this situation in two weeks, three weeks. Um, but right now, it sucks. Like, I'm not gonna lie. We're at home. We can't do anything. All the fun things are cancelled. Uh, I try to walk a lot. I try to do sports, but at home, I try to chill a little bit. I try to have some quality time with my family. But I am pretty sure this is just the start. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's pretty scary that in Italy they cannot like help the people anymore just because too many people are sick and they have to start choosing. So they're like, yeah, if you're too old or if your health is too bad, um, we cannot take care of you. But yeah, I'm just really thankful for the people that are keeping Europe going, which are the people in the medical sector, everybody who works in supermarkets, everybody who works in companies that do everything that's fruit and food and just make sure that people can still live their life, not a normal life, but just their life. I really, really hope that everybody gets the message and that they understand to stay at home. So obviously it's a pretty negative situation, but I do see a positive side on it. Being that, first of all, for me, um, me and my family were not a lot at home altogether because my parents have really busy jobs and I go to school and my brother goes to school. And right now everybody is, at, is staying at home, so we do have quality time to spend together. Um, and on the other hand, I really hope that people will start appreciating things again because like for me going to a bar seems one of the normal most normal things in the world and right now I do realize it's not normal or going to see my grandparents which I love so much uh, who I love so much sorry um right now I can't see them so th those will be things that I for me personally will appreciate so much more uh, once things are getting normal again uh, so I hope people like have something positive that they take from this. Okay, so basically my situation with the pandemic occurred when I was in um, when I was in Madrid, so around two weeks ago, almost. Um, what happened was is that uh, the news spread pretty quickly, even though at the time there hadn't been that many infected people. And I remember my mom calling me from Croatia and telling me to basically get a plane ticket and get out. And I don't think that at the time anyone was really aware of the severity of the situation that we were in. So to, to explain it shortly, I just, I went home, I packed my things, I said goodbye to my friends and I was thinking, okay, you know what, they closed everything here for two weeks. This isn't going to go on for any longer. Like I knew the situation was very severe in Italy, but I didn't think that it would reach this height I don't think anybody did and so 
I realized how serious it was because by the time I came to the London airport, there were so many posters around and stickers and things like that. People were asking you questions that they wouldn't normally ask, uh, not because of immigration, but because like due to the virus, like they asked me where I lived most of the year, where I was for the last 40 days, things like that, that I'd never experienced when I was just passing through going home. And anyone I talked to at home didn't really, I think, realize like what the what the situation is, how severe it was, because in Croatia, by the time, like at the time, there were zero infected people. So I went. So when I came home, they were like, you have to self isolate, which was normal to me. I was a bit upset that I couldn't see my grandparents. But again, I didn't realize the severity of the situation. So I went into self-isolation for, I think, four days. I just went outside into the garden. On the fifth day, because I thought I was okay and I talked to the doctor, I did go outside and managed to actually see some friends because nothing was closing down. Like, at the time, there was maybe not even 10 infected people in Croatia. However, by the time... So by the beginning of this week, actually... There were, the number was increasing, 30, 40, then it came to around 80. We still didn't have any cases in Dubrovnik, but uh, people started shutting down first schools, then um, cafes, bars, restaurants. And actually, yesterday it came to that they shut down all public surfaces. And I mean, it doesn't bother me that I'm in the house because I know that if I went anywhere, I could, if I had it, I could spread it. But I don't think that we still realize the severity of this situation, especially because, you know, people here are hopeful, but they're also, I mean, they tend to, they tend to think that they know better than any professional does. So they don't listen to anything. So that's the thing that kind of stresses me out. But also, I think that this, like, the isolation and the quarantine is a good thing because I think that that's the only way we can suppress it. Of course, the virus has its own lifetime. But, you know, I think if we can help it at least a little bit, it's what we should do. So, yeah, I'm currently in the house. I'm here with my family. There's four of us all together. And, um, I mean, my thoughts and concerns are I just want them to be okay. Like, I want them to be fine. I don't want anything to happen to them. So, obviously, hence the staying inside. And I think no matter how much we can get on each other's nerves, I think that this is a good time to reflect and to catch up on things that we didn't do. Like, I've been living away for, what is it, three years now? So, this is the most time I think I've spent with them. And like I said, even though it may get a little tight, I think that we'll be fine. And I'm happy that I get to spend more time with them as well as catch up on things like cleaning and reading and things that I used to enjoy but never did. So yeah, what I'm saying is we can only hope. And I hope that it passes. And yeah, I'm just happy that, you know, people are, due to the fact that we're all in, all in the same circumstances, that we're doing our best to stay positive. So yeah. That's about it, and I hope that it passes soon, because I don't know what else to hope for. I'm Florine, I'm 22 years old, and I'm French. I was doing an Erasmus in Madrid when I had to come back in France because of the coronavirus. 
I saw the situation really um, went bad in France before it went bad in in Spain, but it, it really started in Madrid really hard. Like all almost all of the cases of Spain were in Madrid. So in Madrid, they shut down the schools, university, and everything before in uh, before they did in France, um, it, like almost one week before. They also the did the lockdown before. Um, I had to take this really hard uh, decision to come back in France because. Well, I really hesitated, actually. It, it was hard because I didn't want it to go back. Um, but at the same time, I was about to be locked down in my apartment alone for like an unknown period. So it was pretty hard to imagine and kind of depressing. And I didn't want it to go back in France and in my family and infected them. So I was pretty scared about that. I'm really taking my distances from my family. Like I'm eating on a different table and uh, kind of things like that. I didn't hug them when I came back home last week. So I came back home uh, last Saturday. So it's been a week today. Uh, I'm with my family. I have a little sister and a little brother. So I'm not bored. Um, I have things to do with them. We play uh, table tennis. We we play um, games and everything. Uh, there also is my family. My father is not working because he's a teacher, so but a sport teacher. So for now, he doesn't have anything to do. And my mother, uh, she's still working. So uh, so far, she has to go to work every day, uh, unless the weekend, of course. But uh, she's working in like transport. So if the um, if the guy uh, driving the trucks don't work, uh, the supermarket won't have the food and anything. So she has to go to work to like uh, do the schedules of the of this guy and everything. I was really upset by the the behavior that French people had when the president announced the the lockdown because a lot of them. Last week, just went to the parks and uh, and everything, and we saw like crazy images of Parisian, uh, especially people that living in Paris, um, being at next to the Eiffel Tower and uh, next to the Seine, and everything, and like like just chilling around uh, because it was sunny and hot, and I mean that's crazy because the every every country are locked down everyone is trying to respect that uh when you see the situation in italy it's very scary and we just we were so stupid and i don't know uh how the other countries saw us but like foolish and i was really ashamed of people doing this it's i think in france this is even harder than in the other country to make such a decision being respected because we're like the country of liberty and everything so of freedom and people are always demonstrating they're always against what the president say and so they have to be against even now and that's really annoying and we we seem like yeah we were 
school, I'm really ashamed of people behaving like that. Uh, so far, the situation in the hospital is pretty okay. Well, depending on the region, of course. But we're not overwhelmed uh, as Italy. But I'm afraid it's going to be because the peak will be like next week or the week after. So I don't know how long it will take. For now, in France, we have left. Uh, dead people than in Spain because the um, the population in Spain is older so I think it's like having an impact uh, but yeah it's really scary the situation now the hardest thing is not to know when it will be over of course and um, I really hope I can go back to Madrid soon even if now I'm not sure <laughs> My name is Lee and I live in the Netherlands and I've been living here for the last three years. Um, this is the first time I am really experiencing a pandemic. I think it's the first time for a lot of people actually, you know. Um, I guess I never thought I'd experience one in this lifetime, at least not one to this extent. Because like, you know, when we were younger, you had the whole swine flu thing, you had Ebola, you had Zika, you had those kind of things, you know. But it didn't get as bad as um everything with corona you know and i think the reason it, um it got this bad and you know with the spread and the panic is because of how fast the disease actually spread across multiple countries and how much cases came up in such a short amount of time you know and like here in the netherlands we have like 4200 and something cases 204 cases or so um and like the number is rising by the day in the beginning, people didn't really take it seriously. They're like, they, they were, a lot of people was like, okay, it's probably going to pass. You know, it's, you know it's, it'll pass. But um, it didn't, and it's still here. And I think that's definitely where a lot of people panicked, because they saw this disease grew. So they saw the amount of cases grew rapidly in such a short amount of time, and like people started panicking, and panicking led to excessive buying, and uh, or hamstering, as they call it here. Personally, I am very calm about the whole thing. I'm not worried about getting sick because besides, I don't really fall in the, in the risk factor group. So, like, you know, even if I do get sick, I have hopes that I won't get too sick. But, like, um, where I'm, I, however, even if I'm not worried about myself, I do worry about other people. So, um, in a attempts to you know limit the spread i'm definitely um trying to stay home making sure i always wash my hands and you know very um very hygienic if i have to leave the house or anything like that you know like making sure i have my hand sanitizer with me or wash my hands on a regular if i'm outside the house and i don't really leave the house unless it's really necessary like if i have to throw up my trash or um maybe go to the supermarket you know important stuff like i don't really leave to socialize and such um anymore Am I affected by this in any way? Yes, definitely. Um, like, I'm usually a very busy person. So I have school, I have work, and if I'm not doing either of those, I'm either socializing um, or at events or, you know, I'm at home very little, to be honest. Definitely took some adjusting to, but I don't mind it. Because I don't really mind staying home either. Like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a person that even if I'm always out and about, I would actually prefer stay home than um, having to be 
outside the house constantly but you know because of how my life is set up like i i find myself find myself outside quite often but um besides that like yeah I, it took some adjusting too but you know what it's going good like i'm keeping myself entertained i am reading i am writing i am doing schoolwork i am practicing p- the piano here and there i am making music i'm i'm doing things to keep myself busy you know keep my mind occupied like because like if you're not busy in a time like this if you don't keep yourself occupied you're going to lose yourself in a way like i don't not lose yourself but like you're going to um go insane with boredom like if you stay for too long without doing anything you don't really you lose the concept of time you know you lose a concept of self in a way if i i guess if i have to say it that way you know um and as i said before i'm an international student and i'm from the island of aruba and back home like we have a small island and like they definitely took some preventive measures very early on because like um we're a small island compared to the netherlands and on a small island your resources are very limited and you can only do so much before um things really get bad so they took um preventive measures early on such as um you know everybody has to wash their hands obviously you you know if they could use hand sanitizer and stuff like that um for example, um, I know hospital staff also have specific procedures that they have to go through now just to be sure that they don't, you know, bring anything with them home to their families or, you know, um, stick other patients in a hospital if they are, you know, busy treating them. And, like, there is a lot of procedures and stuff that has been done in order to be as preventive and um as possible with this thing like our tourism actually suffer is suffering a lot um because like aruba's main economic pillar is tourism and because of the whole corona pandemic like definitely we are seeing the economy take a hit because of that and it's hard because a lot of people have jobs in tourism so definitely you could say a lot of people are suffering um economically because of this Uh, my name is Rodrigo. I'm from Chile, from Santiago, the the capital. And well, here the coronavirus is quite a new thing, if you want to say it, because we just fi- we just finished our first week in quarantine. But it's not full. I mean, I have classes online. My sister and my parents work here from from, ha- from our home, but it's not full, so people can still go out. It's not recommended, but you can but personally i start hearing about the coronavirus like in late december uh, and january because i was in madrid in spain doing an an exchange so europe is europe is much closer to china than latin america so everyone expected to have the virus there first than here and also i remember i remember that in late january i was uh, flying back home and have a layover in Italy, in Rome, and it was like the first days of the virus in, in Italy, in Europe, who now is the like the worst country in, in the world because of all the deaths. So then is when I really felt like, oh, this is big. This might actually come to Europe, to America, to Latin America, instead of just Asia, which is what I thought at the start, so I didn't care that much. But now it's... I don't know if it's scary, I mean, 
Hey, I'm young, so I'm not in the group who is the most danger. But of course, my grandparents, everyone who is older, is at risk. And also in Chile, personally, it's um, scary because we are a country of like 18 million people, and we are at the same rate of um, cases and deaths as Spain, who has millions of. Uh, people more more people than than Chile, so that is that does speak very well about the people here who uh, do not take the quarantine very very seriously, and also think the government is taking too late to make the quarantine a full quarantine, which other countries in Latin America are doing it, like Argentina, for example. So I think also a problem here is that the winter is close. I mean, we just finished the summer, so with the uh, cold weather, we expect everything to be worse. We also, two days ago, we have the first death. So I don't know, it's, it's unknown here what could happen. I hope it's not that bad, but I think that it could be bad here. Our health system is very bad. But we shall see. I mean, I expect to be at least two months here at home with classes. But I, I hope it's everything good and in the future nothing really bad happens. So that's it. Uh, Estonia as country is, I think what I see is going doing pretty good. Um, I think up until right now we have about 300 something cases. Uh, which is all right, I feel. Uh, it's growing at a fairly slow pace and there is precautions that are very transparent and understandable. Uh, when I came here, that was uh, the 4th of March, um, everything was as usual. Um, people were very unaffected by everything that was going on and things slightly changed uh, in the the first week uh, first weekend in in March was still good and then by the time the second weekend came down everything slowed down massively I think people here really understood what what it's about even without the government taking any precautions. So while in Denmark, uh, Czech Republic, uh, bars were closed and a lot of public spaces were closed. In Estonia, everything was still open, but people were not going out anyway. I really feel that people here are very reasonable. It's just something I didn't really expect. Um, Estonia historically is... Uh, it's kind of like a sad country that has almost always been occupied and I have no idea if that ties in any way to the mentality of the people but people are very cautious so when there is this threat or when they are made to believe that there is this threat they will do something that's in their power to to not not, not let it happen uh, so people are not going out uh, a lot of restaurants started only doing takeaways uh, early this week uh, so this means like the the past Monday Tuesday 
and on Tuesday the government rolled out uh, a law that you can't serve alcohol after 10 o'clock um, so basically everything um, basically got confirmed as, as, as being slowed down and kind of dying uh, everybody's working from home uh, key things are still open I think you know the banks are still open obviously in limited contact and everybody's having disinfection everywhere uh, but life kind of goes on as normal people don't take necessary trips to the supermarket obviously you know toilet paper is uh, on the low and pasta and, and uh, long shelf life food is is kind of on the low but then again uh, deliveries through supermarkets picked up the pace and there was no like run on shops or run on banks uh, it is everything slowed down and everybody's cautious and people are super nice to each other there is no there's no panic there's no fear people are very reasonable down here which is kind of surprising to hear I didn't expect it from Estonia but uh, for me moving here I always say that's probably the best place where I could be right now and I think that says a lot about how the country is doing meanwhile uh, bartenders and the whole hospitality industry and a couple of other industries are really suffering hard from this um, basically the whole travel sector got immensely crippled so that comes from airlines to hotels to bars and restaurants uh, so many people are losing their jobs and we're in a very unfortunate situation that in a lot of these industries uh, around Europe they don't have um, uh, a good union support so there is no one to help us resolve these problems I'm sipping on some delicious Estonian cider while I'm doing this um, but um, there is so much insecurity about the future for everybody connected to the travel and hospitality industry and nobody has any answers and people are losing their jobs and this requires an, a humongous amount of adaptation in every single industry to figure out how we're gonna get over this crisis and not, on, not even talking about the finance crisis that's gonna come after this resulting from the limitations on trade we're currently having it's gonna be absolutely horrendous to try to revive this economy uh, so we as bartenders we a lot of bars especially in Copenhagen uh, Amsterdam as well start doing takeaway drinks and in Estonia where that is kind of unheard of I think the bar where I work is the only bar where we're doing that uh, and it's not going that great uh, some of our regulars have a way how to support us which is really good but what I'm what I'm really seeing as a potential outcome of this is that people will realize that you can order takeaway drinks from bars and even though I don't think it's gonna be a great hit because people are willing to wait on food longer than willing to wait on drinks and it kind of makes delivery possible uh, I think there is something in it we'll just have to have to see how it goes so it's a, it's a big time of change and a lot of adaptation is needed
it's me again uh, i really hope you enjoyed this episode so far and um i hope that you got sense a sense of community from it and um, that you maybe could relate to some of these things and feel a little bit more positive overall and more connected and um, I promise you that I'm going to talk about my situation a little bit. I'm currently in Vienna, Austria. Um, I'm actually from Germany, but I work here and the air is heavy, I think. Um, you can just notice that people are really distancing themselves, and, which is good, obviously. Um, for me, for someone who really cherishes social interaction, I'm, I'm a little bit scared how this is going to unfold in the long run after we've fought the pandemic hopefully and if we will ever go back to a completely normal social interaction life uh, go back to concerts go back to clubbing and dancing and um, how long this will take it's something that is on my mind a lot lately um, and yeah um, I'm so lucky I live with four amazing people and I mean I just moved here two months ago If anyone out there is alone in their flat and they feel lonely, please just reach out and we're gonna organize a call or whatever. I uh, know that it can be really hard to be alone in these times and to be forced to stay inside where maybe you don't feel comfortable for various reasons. So honestly, I, I feel very blessed um, to, to be here. And we have a preliminary date where the quarantine shall be over and that is the... 13th of April so that's already <laughs> that's a couple of days and weeks but we'll see um, if that will do or if we need to stay in longer and yeah and um, on that note I have reached out to um, a non-profit organization called Medico International they're based in Frankfurt in Germany and I reached out to them because um, as a lot of you know these days or maybe become aware of these days that a lot of people especially poor people um, or refugees they do not have a place to stay you know we say that yeah please stay in please stay at home stay the fuck in whatever some people don't have the opportunity to do that because they just don't have a shelter and I reached out to Medico International especially asking about the refugee situation um, on at the EU borders because as the EU banned all travels, almost all travel, I can only imagine how hard it is for people from uh, maybe undocumented people or people who are not from the EU, refugees on these borders and if the aid organizations have to return to their home countries and all of that. So this episode is going to be in German. So for everyone who speaks German, Please tune in next week. Um, this is very, very important to me and very near and dear to my heart. Take care of yourselves and I really hope your family, friends and loved ones stay healthy and um, excited to hear from you. Please feel free to share this episode and um, make it reach as many people as possible so that we can all feel very, very connected. And yeah, lots of love from Austria and I'll see you soon.